0: Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play, powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Go 1 858
1: 858.
0: Welcome into Running It Straight for another Wednesday, 12th of October, and the NRL season is all done and dusted. So uh, today, in the next four or five weeks, Kempi, it's all about the Rugby League World Cup, mate. I know you love your international rugby league, so you must just be
1: fizzing, fizzing for this weekend. Oh, look, Sammy, I'm, I'm so excited watching uh, the Kiwis run around and absolutely demolish Leeds. Last week up in, uh, in Headingley was you know something really exciting to watch because eight of those players, first-team choice players, for the Kiwis weren't even playing, and they got 70 put past them to the Leeds Rhinos, and this week the kickoff up against Lebanon... And and all the other teams that are playing too. Mate, it's going to be a great tournament. Absolutely oh, great tournament. It's going to be
0: fantastic. The 18th staging of the Rugby League, uh, sorry, the 16th staging of the Rugby League World Cup, of course, Aussie are the defending champs. The Kiwis haven't won since 2008. We're going to talk about the Kiwis and uh, the squad and their chances very, very shortly. We're also going to catch up uh, this hour with Brandon Smith, um, a bit of a fan favourite across the NRL and in New Zealand. Um, of course, played hooker for the Storm, going to the Roosters next year. And he's going to jump on the line, um, have a chat to Kimpy about uh, the upcoming campaign and uh, what he's expecting and how proud he is to be putting on the Kiwis jersey. We're then going to go through uh, each of the pools um, just after 3.30 and talk through each team's chances and what we might see in the quarterfinals and the semi-finals. It's going to be a very, very fascinating uh, contest. How it all plays out with the draw. But uh, I thought maybe just for this first little um, section, Kimpy, we could talk about. I guess just look at the Kiwis first and foremost. Um, International rugby league. Uh, I think you know for a lot of league fans, we get excited when a World Cup rolls around. Um, it's probably the same in most sports, to be honest. Everyone sort of seems to jump on board for a World Cup, but. International Rugby League, just from someone who's been in part of the game for, for many, many years, how, I guess, important is it? And for Kiwi players, you know, how important is, you know, putting on a Kiwis jersey? Because they're all playing for, you know, Australian domestic teams in the NRL. How important is it that they all come together and, and play for the Kiwis?
1: Well, for a World Cup, Sammy, I mean, it's the ultimate. You know, like playing in any Kiwi team and making a, a test side, playing in a test series is very good. But to play in a World Cup is absolutely. You know, it's something that you wanted to tick off your bucket list. So I had a chance in 88, um, was was basically in the team, We got injured in the final trial here at Carlow Park and missed that game at Carle, uh, at Eden Park, if you remember, when the Kangaroos won that yep. one. And then uh, got to go in 95 and play in that World Cup where we got knocked down the semi when Richie sh- shaved the, the side of the goalpost in that semi-final against Australia um, where Aussie went on to beat England in the final. So... Yeah, it's really important that you get these guys together. The most exciting part about this Kiwi team is probably the best side that I've seen put together for a couple of decades. Yeah. I think the balance across the across the board is absolutely outstanding, but but more importantly, when we're looking at the spine, we've got match winners in each one of those positions, which we've never really had before. So um, depth-wise, I think the Kiwi's in a very good uh, spot to go out there and, and really pick a, make a push for this World Cup.
0: If we look back to two thousand and eight, obviously the one that the Kiwis won, beat Australia in the final at Lang Park in Brisbane. I guess what what did you see back then in two thousand and eight? What clicked for them in that campaign? And I, I'm obviously no one around was really around then that is around now. But what can they take from that as almost a a lesson for how to win a World Cup? How to beat Australia too, who are probably going to be the favourites?
1: Look, I got to see it really up close and personal I was uh, not only a selector but I was also the high performance director for the New Zealand Rugby League so had a lot to do with the 2008 World Cup and I remember going to the, the first game in, against Australia in Sydney which they lost and they lost quite convincingly mm. and it looked like Australia basically had the wood on everyone they would they were saying at the time that this was the best Australian side that they'd ever put together in 2008 and and arguably you look at that side and you'd think yeah it's it's pretty good you know but one thing about the kiwis going into a tournament is you know that the kiwis get better as the tournament goes on so the longer that the, they stay in the tournament the better they they get at uh, putting those combinations together and and starting to believe in themselves and at what we saw the 2008 final was the kiwis coming i guess at, into, into form at the right time and getting the job done against that, that great australian kangaroo side um this side i can see doing the same thing i think combinations i think ford the ford pack the middle of the the middle of the park is probably where the the world cup will be won this uh, this time round and we've got a very, very good middle. You know, you, you've named Jesse Bromwich the captain, but I can't see him making the starting side. No, so
0: that's, yeah, that's going to be a big talking point, actually, yeah.
1: So you've got, you know, we, we what do you do with them? You, you put Fisher-Harris and, and Leon in, that, that got the, the job done against arguably two of the better prop, props in, in Gerard and, and Polo um, in the grand final, and or do you start with Bromwich and, and Jared Warrior-Hargrave? So... I think the the um, the middle of the park is very strong for the Kiwis, and of course, if we get that part of it right, then the spine starts to come into its own with Jerome Hughes, Dylan Brown, the kicking game, and so on and so on. So, um, balance-wise across this Kiwi squad, I think it's a very very good Kiwi squad.
0: That's it's an interesting point. I talk to you about um, experience and leadership because you know, it's not like rugby here where this team plays constantly all the time as they build in a four-year cycle to a World Cup. I mean, this particular team has really only played one game and that was against Tonga mid-year. So when you look at that, how important would it be if you managed Maguire to keep guys like Jesse Bromwich on the field who's who's got experience, who's been to a World Cup, who knows how to do it versus just having the best props on the field?
1: Yeah, look, it's a part of the conversation. I think it's not just having the best props on the, on the field. Over 26 round in NRL competition, Fisher, Harris, and Leota were very, very good. Um, and you know what they can do in big games, you know. So, grand finals, have been there twice and got the job done. So, you, you'd think that you'd start with those two because they know how to lay a plat- platform, they know how to play and enter big games. And you'd probably carry the likes of Jesse Bromwich and, and maybe Nelson Nosefa Solomona off the bench. You know what I mean to to play as some impact players and to carry through that 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 uh that that continuum of of player form through that middle of the pitch so. Um, look, it's a headache. It's a headache who you pick and who you start with. But
0: well, it's a it's a rare one for the kid. You know what I mean? So re- we haven't had this in a in a long time.
1: No, but you've got to go to current form. You know, he's he won't be playing them. He's got three games to go in before it's a, it's the quarterfinals. I'd say that he'd want to. The, the biggest question is whether or not you put the best team out there straight away and mm. get them some some game time. Because you're right; they've only played the one international. That's the only problem with rugby league is we don't have enough. Games to, to see how the combinations go but in the round robin of the World Cup you've got three games where you can actually get some of that cohesion going if it was me I would select the best team right from day one
0: What what's the difference between um, NRL to, to International Rugby League in terms of how the game changes well, are t- there big changes?
1: Yeah, there's a little bit more give and take. You know, there's a couple of things that you have to take into account. First of all, you go up to England. They're enclosed grounds. They're a lot closer. The 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 dead ball lines are a lot shorter. So your kicking game has to be spot on. Um, the weather's going to be different. So that that'll play a, a, a part in. In, uh, in how the form goes. You know, you got firm track players, you've got wet track players. The English will be obviously used to it up there. But the other part of the selection um, dilemma that Madge will come up against is when he's playing against these lesser teams, before he gets to the, the quarters and the semis, is whether or not he's going to get hard enough hit out, you know, before he hits the real tough one. Um, by the looks of the draw, we're going to have a pretty tough semi final if we get that far. So you'd want to be making sure that when you hit that semi that you've got your first team playing is to its best of its ability right then. You can't sort of time your run to the to the final because you might just not make it.
0: Mm. Do, do you expect any surprises from Madge in terms of positional changes? I know you've always talked about Joey Manu you know, playing in the halves. Madge was pretty clear a couple of weeks ago about playing him at fullback. Do you expect any sort of surprises or do you think he'll play it pretty safe?
1: No, look, I think without... Um, looking at the squad that he's picked, he's he's picked Joey Manu to play fullback and to play fullback throughout the whole tournament. You got Peter Hicku that can cover him there, um, and the, the the real contentious. One here is who does he put in the left centre position? So he's put um, Sebastian Chris up there out of Canberra. He scored three tries in that game against Lead Rhinos. You've got Nicardi that played there against Tonga and has covered that for Parramatta during the season. Everywhere else, I think you can put players in there that are going to get the job done. But for me, left centre is the problem area. You know, when you're coming up against Australia, for instance, man, their centre pairing is going to be strong. Yeah, you know, their backline is is second to none. Mm. But you know, to have a really good back line without a decent forward pack, and this is where Mel's struggling with, if he can't get the job done in the middle of the park, it doesn't matter what back line you got out there. Mm. So if we can get that left center locked down through the first three rounds and going, Yes, it is Sebastian and Chris or yes, I'm gonna go with Nicole to get um Nicorde to get out there and do the do the job for us. You've got to have that settle before you reach Aussie in the semis.
0: Yeah, and uh, we're going to talk about all the teams just after 3.30 and go through the pools because I think that middle-of-the-park battle was going to be very, very interesting when you're talking about teams like Tonga and Samoa, um, ones that people sort of have as dark horses moving in. Um, we've got Brandon Smith coming on very, very shortly just before we get to him and take a break, Um When you look through the Kiwi squad um, that was named by Madge, uh, give, me, give me one or two players that you think are going to have a really big campaign and going to sort of, I guess... Um, Showcase themselves on the international
1: stage. Yeah, look, I think Joey Manu's going to step out here. You know, he's had a decent break too before the competition starts, so he's. Going to be fresh. He's going to be ready, ready to go. The 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 stats for him in the and the Tongan test were outstanding. So look, damn, a big one. I think the bloke that's going to really step out here and show the world what he's got is Jerome Hughes at halfback. Mm. Like watched a little glimpse of him against Leeds last week. He looked very good. He you know the, the, he looked like he suited those those tighter grounds, and he was really on on top of his game, even though he's had a couple of weeks off. So for me, the two players that I'm looking to are Jerome Hughes and uh, Joey Money.
0: Do you think? Um just quickly before we get to that break, that um, some of those guys who played in the grand final, you know, James Fisher-Harris, um, there's a few eels in there, uh, Dylan Brown, of course, and um, Nia Cora. Did, would they have any, I guess, hangover from the grand final or do you think that they're past that now? They've had their celebrations, all their, their sort of commiserations, and they've moved on now. They're, they're, they're ready to get stuck into International Rugby League. Or what will it take them a game or two just to sort of, you know, find themselves... No,
1: see, Sammy, the the difference between this and a club team, our team is that when you get into the Kiwis, there's a real brotherhood and a a want to be there and be a part of it. So they'll actually jump up another level. Having that experience, I think, is really key for us. So Mm. the Dylan Browns, the the likes of Fisher-Harris-Leota that have played in the grand final is actually a benefit because they're hardened and ready to go. For Madge, it's about when do you put them in. So I wouldn't actually play them in the first game. I'd give them another week off because they do need to freshen up. You know, and, and it just so happens that those players, we've got plenty of players to cover those spots. You know, you've got Kieran Ford, and they can slip in a six, and you've got plenty of front rowers that can jump in for Leo and Fisher-Harris. So, mm. um, now... Nah, Look, the Kiwis, once they're in camp, mate, it's, they'll go to a different level. The more time they spend together over the next five weeks, the better.
0: Yeah, um, Madge talked about that um, a few weeks ago on the station. Uh, the brotherhood that's in the Kiwi squad, it's um, palpable in his eyes, and I think it's going to play a big part in this World Cup. Um, we're going to take a short break. We've got Brandon Smith, uh, well, I should say former Melbourne Storm hooker. He's going to the Roosters next year, and, uh, and Kiwis hooker is going to jump on the line and have a chat with Kempi. We're going to do that. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck.